Well, let's welcome back Coach Broughton. Coach, are there team updates for us? Now, this, is, uh, this is our bye week and, and kind of a different time to have a bye week. Obviously, with our conference uh, having an odd number of teams, uh, the bye week gets gets spursed out throughout the season. And, you know, we this year landed on a week nine bye, and um, it, it's odd. You know, it's different. Uh, usually you have your bye week early in the year. It's a, it's a really good time to get healthy and kind of evaluate things. Um, this time of the year, it, it's different. You know, it's later. The weather's a little bit different. Uh, so we're trying to balance, obviously, getting guys healthy, trying to balance uh, preparation for our last two games, um, trying to balance kind of all those things. Uh, so it's, it's been a really interesting week. It's been a good week, um, definitely a week for us to step back a little bit and, and get the coaches a little bit more rest and things like that. But, um, you know, next year we have a similar type situation. I think we have week seven by week next year, week eight maybe. Um, just trying to evaluate, you know, is this the best way to do things and, and uh, you know, just make sure our team's ready to go for the last couple of weeks. I, mean, I don't know if they're of any benefit to you or not, but have you have other coaches kind of shared their thoughts on, with you on what a late bye week looks like in terms of preparation or something? Or can you trust that, yeah. I guess? Or what, what do you do with that? Yeah, not a ton. We, you know, I haven't really reached out to too many too many people. And, um, you know, we've – I think the, the conference now for a couple of years has been in this setup, and we've had one of the earlier buys the last – the first couple of years. So it was more of a natural – uh, bye week situation. I think a couple of years ago we had it after week four, week five maybe, and um, it felt like the right time to have a bye. Um, you know, traditionally, in, in a conference that has um, an even number of teams, you, you'd have a week two, a week three bye as kind of the norm. So, you know, an early season bye, and, and um, you know, this is different. So, yeah, we haven't really reached out and, and uh, you know, kind of sticking to a similar schedule we've done in the past. We've always kind of given the guys Friday, Saturday, Sunday off with the bye week, and, and that's what we'll do this week. So, we're you know, we practiced and Went went pretty hard yesterday and, and did a little bit of live scrimmaging and things like that and tried to get really a lot of reps for some young guys and things like that. Um, and, and then we'll go again today, and today will be uh, more of an individual-focused practice. But, um, and then the guys have the weekend off to, to again, kind of just recharge. I think the main thing is it's more of a mental recharge than even a physical recharge. So, um, you know, hopefully then be back ready on Monday to, to come back to work and start preparing again. You have Aurora a week after this now, uh, do you see any benefit from having that extra week off? Yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it hurts. Um, certainly the opportunity to get some guys healthy, um, they're going to be, you know, a, a heck of a challenge. Um, you know, you watch them on film, they're, they're very impressive and um, not a lot of weaknesses. So, you know, another week of preparation for us, us coaches to kind of evaluate film and uh, look at ways we may be able to attack them or we'll try to attack them. And, and I think, you know, the main thing is just getting getting health and, um, you know, trying to get our guys, um, you know, just, just, just back physically healthy for, for that game is going to be important. Um, you know, I think if you look at the schedule, knowing the type of team they are, you know, having a bye week before you play them, there's certainly a benefit. Um, you know, get, getting two weeks to prepare for them is – better than one. Um, now, we haven't spent a ton of time on Aurora this week. This week's really been a Lakeland focus and trying to get uh, just improving areas that we need to improve. And there, there's a ton of things that we need to improve on uh, as a program. So, you know, we haven't spent a ton of time focusing on Aurora uh, outside of as coaches kind of watching some of the film and breaking that down and things like that. But it's certainly not going to hurt, you know, having, having the extra time to prepare, you know, will not be something that uh, is a negative by any means. Well, let's just briefly go back to last week's game against Benedictine. You thought this yeah. was going to be a contest that was really one at the line of scrimmage, and that proved to be the case. Yeah, we, we struggled. Um, 
you know, on both sides of the ball, we we uh we just didn't play very well. You know, we didn't um we we, we struggled with drops. Uh, we had some opportunities with some vertical uh, pass plays, and um you know, had some opportunities that I think would have been touchdown type plays or, or very big gains, and, and just didn't catch the ball. And uh, Robbie made a, a few really good throws, especially in the first half on vertical throws that uh, we didn't connect on, uh, and that hurt. You know, it hurt just from a, from a momentum standpoint. It hurt from just kind of getting into the flow of the game and you hit one of those plays and you, you build some excitement and um yeah just you know we, we didn't we didn't connect on those throws and and uh that that really hurt and then the line of scrimmage obviously giving up eight sacks is, is way too many and um you know they dropped eight in the coverage on most snaps and, and kind of took away some of our quick game stuff so our, our passing game had to get a little bit more vertical and uh we just didn't do a very good job protecting and and um you know that that really hurt us on the defense side of the ball you know, once they got a lead, they're a team that wants to play with a lead, and, and once they get a lead, um, they do a really good job of kind of just um, choking you out. You know, they, they uh, go to a ball control offense, they ran the ball effectively, and um, really put pressure on you um, from a defense standpoint. You know, we struggled at, you know, if you look at kind of the games that we struggled a little bit defensively, and I, I thought we still played well defensively on, on Saturday. Um, it's been when teams have been really physical up front, and um, they did a good job. They hurt us with a couple trick plays with with their offense, um, a double pass on the first play of the game after we fumbled the opening kickoff, and it was just kind of one of those games where we we fell behind the eight ball right away uh, with the turnover and the score right away, and and uh, just couldn't climb out of it. Didn't make enough plays, and um, just another disappointing Saturday. Were there players from this contest you wanted to recognize? Um, you know, I think defensively, uh, Jake LeClaire keeps playing uh, very, very well. Um, he's he's been outstanding, especially against the run. He's been he's been outstanding. Um, you know, I thought Andrew Reddit, the secondary, did a nice job. I thought Jordan Garvin, um, you know, a f- corner for us, that uh, freshman corner. I thought he played outstanding. Uh, they challenged him a lot. They, you know, Benedictine's got a big receiver on the outside, and, and you could see part of their game plan was they were going to challenge uh, Jordan with with the big receiver, and and he just did a great job competing, made plays. So I thought he was really, uh, really impressive and a guy that's had a really good freshman year for us. Um, you know, unfortunately, offensively, there wasn't a whole lot of highlights. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a game where we had, uh, you know, really anyone that stood out. We struggled up front and, like I said, in the passing game, just, just didn't make the, the connections that we needed to make. So, um, but from a special team standpoint, and we were solid. Ben Garcia continues to improve as our punter, and, he, you know, he did a nice job, I thought, uh, but but yeah, it just wasn't uh, wasn't where we need to be overall as a team effort, and uh, you know we need to continue to get better. I think that's the biggest thing is um, I think coming into the year we brought back a lot of guys, and I think sometimes there's a natural belief that just because you're returning guys that you're going to be improved, and I think we have improved. I think we're a better football team than we were a year ago, but we haven't improved at the rate that I expected us to, and I think many of our players expected us to. And, um, we we got to just continue to work and continue to improve, and uh, we have the opportunity to do the same thing. Looking ahead to 24, you know, we're going to bring back, have the potential, bring back, you know, a large percentage of the guys that are on the field for us. Uh, but that improvement doesn't happen just by showing up. It happens through the weight room. It happens through our offseason program. It happens through practice, things like that. And that's been our big focus the last couple of weeks, just in our messaging, is that we need to continue to work to improve. Well, let's jump into fan questions for this week, and we'll start with Andrew. Who says, Coach? You talked a few weeks ago about the fact of that there were things that opposing defenses were doing that were really hampering your offensive scheme. That seems to have continued on to these previous, these recent weeks. What are your thoughts about making some changes or 
Is this just a matter of guys growing and being able to overcome these defensive schemes? It's, it's a little bit of both, quite honestly. Um, you know, part of it is we need to continue as coaches to evaluate our scheme, evaluate how teams are playing us, um, and find answers. You know, I think there there has been some answers, and we haven't executed at times, and other times we haven't had the right answer. So it's a combination of that. It's a combination of us continuing to get better, um, continuing to improve. Uh, we need to get better up front. You know, our offensive line play has been uh, – Hasn't been up to our expectations this year, and we've had some injuries there. We've played a lot more younger guys than, than we expected. Um, so it's hard. You know, you go back to the same offensive scheme um, a year ago was top 20 in the country in total offense. Uh, two years ago was number four in the country in total offense, and we ran the ball um, at a top 25 rate. We threw the ball at a top 25 rate that season. You know, so schematically, you know, we feel like we still believe in our scheme. We still believe in what we're doing. Um you know, so it's a, it's a, but but you always want to evolve. You always want to say, okay, what can we do differently? What can we do better? What fits our skill set? You know, of the current players that we have, and you know, teams have done a nice job of taking away Robbie in the run game. You know, everyone is spying him now, um, and really trying to take away his ability to extend plays with his with his legs. Uh, so that's been that's been a challenge for us. Um, in the run game, teams are forcing the ball to bounce wide on us, and. Um, you know, we, we haven't haven't had adjustments to that. You know, we haven't won the line of scrimmage offensively much at all this year, and, that, and that's been a real struggle. Um, you know, I feel like in the passing game we've had opportunities. Uh, we just haven't haven't connected and um, haven't executed the way that we need to execute. And it's hard because it feels like we've we've played two different years. The first four weeks of the season, you know, we were a pretty good offense. We were, um, you know, averaging almost 500 yards a game, and and scoring points and doing good things. And then the last four weeks, we've been kind of the opposite. And you know, I think part of it's been mental. You know, we've lost a little bit of confidence, and, and we need to build that confidence back up. We need to have some success. Um, part of it is execution, and part of it is we need to look at our scheme and continue to evaluate and uh, and, and looking forward to, to doing that. You know, looking, uh, you know, probably more of an off-season thing where we really deep dive into the scheme and deep dive into what we're doing and how we're teaching it and seeing if there's ways we can do it better. John would like to know, he says, it did not have an adverse effect this past offseason for you, but could you see that a second losing season in a row would have an effect on recruiting? It could. You know, I, I think uh, when, when students are, are looking at different options, um, you know, they, they can certainly look at our record, and that's going to be part of their evaluation. And, you know, I think we have a chance to, uh, you know, we have two more games. We're, we're three and five right now. We were three and seven last year. So, I, you know, we still have a chance to improve our, our record. I do think we are an improved team from where we were a year ago. You know, if you look at some of the scores and, and uh, especially early in the conference season, you know, we had some games that I thought were, were winnable games that, you know, we, we unfortunately didn't win. And, um, you know, the, the benefit that we have is that we're bringing back, we have the ability to bring back a really strong core. You know, we have the ability to bring back 10 starters on defense, um, Depending how you look at it, you know, we have the opportunity to bring back nine or ten starters on offense uh, with the guys that we've been playing. And, you know, we feel like, again, we have the opportunity to be a really improved team. And, and I think, um, you know, that's, that's a great starting point from a recruiting standpoint is, is letting, letting these guys know that, hey, you can come into a good situation. And, um, you know, we're not afraid to play freshmen. So, we're, we're, you know, we're playing young guys now. We've played young guys in the past. And there's going to be opportunities for you to come in and compete and earn playing time right away. And, um and that's all the other factors that students would choose Lakeland. It's the academic programming, it's the location, it's the um, small class sizes, it's our cooperative education program. All that stuff still remains. You know, so while 
your record is certainly a part of it and, and, and will be a part of the evaluation. It's certainly not the whole of the evaluation. Next up, we have Isaiah who says, Penn State got schooled last week. So who out of the big six who are in the top six in the rankings do you believe still make the playoffs? And I'll just to remind you, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and Oklahoma still undefeated. So who are those four? Who are those six right there? Who the, What four get in, I guess? Yeah, I think uh, I think Michigan's very good. I, I probably would say Michigan is going to get in. Um, you know, I think Ohio State with their resume is probably in, you know, regardless of what happens um, in the Michigan-Ohio State game. I think the loser of that game probably gets in as well. Um, I'll go I'll go Georgia and probably Washington out of the, out of that group. Um, you know, I still think Texas has a shot if they come back and and win the uh win the Big 12 championship. I think they have a real shot. You know, I think an undefeated Ohio, uh, Florida State would definitely be um, in the mix and, and probably in, but I, I probably would go Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia as the SEC champ, and I'll go Washington right now. Ed says voters seem to love Alabama, so do you see a scenario where they sneak into the playoffs? Yeah, I think for sure they're getting better, and obviously playing in the SEC, um, they're going to have opportunities to win showcase games. So they have LSU coming up, I think, in a couple weeks, and um, you know, if they win the West and they get a chance to Georgia, obviously I, I think that game would be a, a win-and-you're-in type situation for Alabama. So I think there's definitely an opportunity for them to uh, to sneak their way in. It seems like they're improving. You know, I haven't, I haven't watched them much, um, but it seems like Milrow, a quarterback, is improving every week. And, um, you know, it seems like they feel better about where they're at as a team and kind of their identity and how they're winning games. So I, I think there's a chance. I, I don't, wouldn't be real excited to watch them. I, I think uh, it's always good to see new faces, but I think there's definitely a chance. And, you know, if you go 11-1 and one or 12-1, and one, whatever they would finish in the SEC with, with an SEC championship game, you're in. There's, there's no doubt about it that they'd be in the, uh, in the playoffs. Leo says, Coach, forget the Packers. Forget the Vikings, forget the Bears, Lions all the way. He even gave me six exclamation points. I want to tell you, give him seven. I mean, I guess uh, interesting time to uh, to post that after you get dropped by about forty by the Ravens. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, support your team, and and they certainly seem like they're probably the best team in the North right now. So uh, we got some Lions fans here and and uh, on campus, and you know we got some people from Michigan and and. Sure, go go Lions if you uh, if that's the flag you're carrying. That's 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 cool. Two questions for you from Phil. The first is: 49ers suffering some big injuries, especially at the quarterback. Are they still on the Super Bowl quest? Yeah, I think they're definitely one of the one of the you know three or four teams that probably are, are have the best shot at making it and winning it. It's so hard, you know. You get you get one or two key injuries, especially with the way the salary cap is set up and. Um, when you when you lose your key players that you're paying you know a large portion of your salary cap to, you just don't have the uh, the depth in the NFL to to make up for it. So they lost a close game to the Vikings. They lost a game to the Browns. You know, on a, on a field goal that they missed. You know, the last uh, the last play. They very easily could be six and one or seven and zero, and and you know no one would be saying anything about them. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about the 49ers. They'll, they'll get it figured out. He'd also like to know, he says, based upon the recent results, do you see a rematch of last year's Super Bowl? Uh, I, I don't. I actually think, uh, 
I think Kansas City is still a little susceptible. I think the receiver play is a little questionable. That um, I, I definitely could see them getting beaten. I, I haven't been overly impressed by the Eagles um, throughout the year. I think they're missing something. It just doesn't seem like they're clicking on the same level. And um, those teams could certainly be there. But you know, if you were asking me um, to bet a Super Bowl matchup, it, I wouldn't pick Kansas City or, or Philly. I think at least one of them doesn't make it, and I think there's a good chance that neither one makes it. Anna would like to know if you would not mind sharing. What are things you consider when you're choosing to vote for someone? Um, yeah, it's a great, great question. I think, uh, yeah, I, obviously as a political science major, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in politics and I've, I've had, had, had an interest in it. I always thought, um, you know, public office might be something that I'd be interested in down, you know, down the line. And, um, I think honesty to me is a, is a huge thing. I think, um, you want someone that, that really cares about people and about um, making lives better for, for general, you know, for, for just people. Uh, for, I think um, those would be the two, the two main things. Obviously, there's some social issues that I'm uh, passionate about that, that I think, um, you know, on, on one side or the other, I think uh, for me that's something that's important is just seeing where they fall on some of the social issues. Uh, um, you know, I believe in the right to marry who you want to marry, um, you know, things like that. I believe in the women's right to um, have reproductive choice. Um, and and I, I don't think that's necessarily, uh, I say that, I, I want to phrase this the right way. Um, I don't know that, you know, I believe in a woman's right to choose um, over her body. That's not necessarily my belief, um, how I would handle that situation. Uh, but I think that every person should have the right to make their own decision in that situation. You know, so I'm, I'm certainly pro-choice, even though personally, if I was in that situation, I would be pro-life, if that makes sense. So um, there, there's some things like that that I think are very important. But, but I think the main thing is that we need politicians that are going to, um, you know, are going to do the best they can to improve our lives. And, and I don't know that always happens. I think we have a lot of politicians that um, – We've become so divided. It's more about winning over the other side. Um, it's more about winning a, a win for the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, rather than, than a win for the American people. Um, and I think there's there's a level of dishonesty that that is just rampant throughout politics that that doesn't work. There's, we have a very very broken political system in America that uh, needs widespread change. Um, you know, because right now nothing's getting done, and nothing's getting done that's really gonna gonna better our lives, and that's really what government should be about. It should be about helping people and uh, doing what we can to make their lives better. Absolutely. Mark would like to know, who on the team would you just naturally think would make a great scary character in a, in a horror movie? Oh, wow. Um, it's, a, it's a great question. Probably, uh, I'll give you two names. The first name I'll give you, uh, Terry Burbridge. Terry's a freshman for us, and, and uh, I think Terry would just be a natural. He, he's a little goofy, um, great great young man, but he's a little out there, and I think he would be. Um, I think he'd be a great fit. The other one, uh, senior offensive lineman Asa Spindler. So Asa's got the uh, the, the bald head. Um, he probably looks like he could be a horror movie character at times. Um, he's got the ability to. Um, turn on different personalities and there's times that you don't really know if he's joking or not and he'll come up and say something to you and he'll, he'll look totally 
straight face at you and you have no idea if it's a joke or if he's being being serious. So I think he would excel in that role. I also think he would relish that role of being kind of the uh, the villain and the crazy guy in, in the horror movie. So I'll go with those two. There's probably more, but, but I think those two would be pretty natural. Rick says, it seems like saying trick-or-treat at Halloween doesn't make any sense anymore. So what's something you think should be used that would be much better to say? Yeah, just probably give me the damn candy. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, yeah, they go up there, they say trick-or-treat. I mean, if, if somebody responds with, with a trick, I'm not sure what's happening. I don't think that's happened in a, in a long time. So you got to kind of know what you're asking for as a, as, a, as a child going up there asking for uh, for some candy. But, yeah, I think we all know the game at this point. You know, we uh, we, we do a good job of teaching our children to make sure you say trick-or-treat, make sure you say thank you, and, and, and try to be polite. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even really know what the meaning of that is, but we've been saying it forever, so it's just one of those traditions that you say. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just about getting the candy. It's about how efficient can we be. You know, probably less words will be better just to be more efficient, get, get movements from house to house, and um, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, there is a time crunch involved. You know, that's, that's For sure. Time. For sure. Jessica says, I love this question, by the way. Jessica says, please complete the heroic tale. During Halloween, the fair maiden Bruton is out walking trick-or-treating when suddenly, out of nowhere, the dangerous black cat appears, terrorizing the fair maiden. What does the brave Colin Bruton do to defend his daughter against the terrible cat? We're... we're there's nothing brave going on in this situation. It is going to be uh, grabbed by the hands. Uh, if I need to, we are picking her up, and, and we are running as fast as my 42-year-old body will allow me to do uh, somewhere different. So there, there's a black cat out there. I mean, first of all, I have a great cat radar, so I'm going to spot it from probably a pretty good distance. Um, I have just a sense of just seeing where cats are. Um and then we're getting out of the city. We're evacuating the situation. We're not trying to, uh, there's no, hey, maybe the cat will stay there and we can still get candy from the house. I mean, I, I'm a candy guy. You know that. This podcast knows that. Uh, but there's a limit, and, and that limit is cats. And uh, we're, we're not messing with it. We're going we're gonna to take our L, and we're going to move on to the next house or maybe the next block if we have to. <laughs> and our words of wisdom for this week. Yeah, this is, this is an important one for me. Um People, allow, allow trick-or-treaters to walk through your grass on Halloween. Um, it's October 31st. You had a great lawn season. You worked hard. You kept it up, right? But, but the lawn's not. You know, the lawn is, is dormant right now. It's October 31st in Wisconsin. Uh, the kids need to be able to run through the lawn. They need to be able to get from house to house in, in the fastest possible manner. Um, and your lawn's going to be okay. You know, so these, these people, you see them out there. They want the kids to walk down the driveway, get back to the sidewalk. You know, we're, we're not taking optimal angles here. Um, so, so allow the kids for one day to walk on your lawn. It's going to be okay. Your lawn's going to grow back. You know, your lawn's going to be fine come April or May when we finally lose all the snow here in Wisconsin. Um, and, and let the kids walk on the damn lawn. Yeah, I like the joint of that, too, because that's also beneficial for us older grandparents who uh, don't need to walk any extra distance. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got kids running down the driveway. They're at risk of falling. We got skin knees happening. Let them land on the grass. It's going to be fine. We're all good. 
excellent words of wisdom. Thanks for joining us this week, Coach. Hey, thanks, Rob. Happy Halloween.